and helping each other. Helping yeah, each helping other uh, uh, being team partners, mm -hmm. team partners, team, team teammates, teammates. <laughs> <laughs> Hello lovers and welcome back to Starring Cupid, the podcast where I speak about all your favorite fictional couples and ships from movies and TV. Once again, it is your boy Zamaradix, nothing more, nothing less from the East, not the West, screw adolescence. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, lovers? It's, it's been a while since I last asked and I also feel like I don't ask enough. So just to put, like, put it out there, how y'all doing? I hope everyone is good i hope i mean if it's not good then that's cool too hopefully in these i think it's i think we're, we're aiming for an hour on this episode because there's a lot there's a lot that i have to say here because this is a movie that makes me very very happy every single time that i watch both of them this this is one of the those movies that both of them laid the foundation for my love for superheroes and also kind of set the standards for what I love so much about superhero movies. And the amazing part about that fact is that this movie isn't from either one of the major comic book companies. Like they just decided one day that they were going to make a superhero movie at Pixar and it bangs. It's, I'm talking about none other than the dynamic duo that is Helen and Bob Parr, aka Elastigirl and Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. Pixar smash hit The Incredibles because it was so good, they had to give us another one. And they didn't even give us another one immediately. They gave us time. They gave us so much time, 14 years of time. And they came back and they knocked it out the park. Knocked it out the park, Sam. Words cannot describe how much I love both of these movies. You'll just have to read in between the lines of my random grunting and squeal, squeals of joy. But yeah, I really love these movies. I watched the first one when I was very, very young, probably in primary school, but I didn't like care for it because I was in primary school. And I just always thought it was like nice, but like the first time I watched it consciously, like a person that wanted to watch it, I was in high school and it just, it just hit me like, wow, this is great. <laughs> this is premium cinema and it's animation. It was amazing. And then I would like go on to watch it as many times, anytime I was just, anytime I was just feeling low, anytime I was on television, which was very unlikely because DSTV hates us. Anytime I found it, I would just watch it because I enjoyed it so much. I was very satisfied with just that one movie they gave us. And then, then they announced that they were going to make a sequel in 2018. Well, they announced, I think they announced the sequel Sabu 2017 because I knew about it beforehand at like those comic cons those things that they do I'm not gonna lie I was worried I was I was definitely happy 
because when you really enjoy a movie obviously you want to have as much content from it like maybe see more of it if you feel like a story wasn't enough but normally sequels to really great movies they don't slap the same to me at least sometimes they can even get worse which is the worst thing the worst thing you want is when you want more content from a movie to get something horrible they also kind of like decided to pick up from where it ended in the first one which is a very risky thing to do this was this was making its way to be a bad thing but then that was also amazing it i was so shocked at how they kind of captured that same magic the same all the wonderful things that made the first one wonderful they were managed to capture it improve on it and add it to the sequel which is awesome it's very rare of me to love a sequel the same amount i liked the first one there's always that kind of like a difference but i think yeah i think they're pretty equal so if you can't guess by now i was really excited about talking about helen and bob because on top of it being an amazing 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 movie um their marriage is an important factor to the plot like it's not just the way in superhero movies where they deal with romantic relationships where it's kind of like a, yeah of course heroes fall in love like their marriage was a thing like it was central to the plot and it was it felt like the first time in animation where they delved into something as concrete and as common as like marital problems like marital issues but not for like normal people for superheroes because you never see superheroes having to deal with the shit because they're superheroes it was such a complex idea to present to just people and the fact that this is an animated movie that was marketed to children and it accomplishes all of that it's fucking brilliant it's bloody brilliant if you're wondering why i'm yelling so much um to ensure that i express myself fully and as best as i can i have got our producer sam physically oh yeah in I studio <laughs> forgot we were doing that. so yeah he's always by my side but today physically has to be here forced by employment i don't know because or maybe she, i like the movie oh but you're gonna mention that i don't pay you oh yeah <laughs> there's that ah, shut up oh the, by the way the movie was released was it was announced in 2014 that it was coming mm. out and but it only came out in, 2018 imagine four years of just teasing anxiety <laughs> and it was worth it it was it was totally worth it yeah so i, I think i love this movie these movies as much as you do because they combine two things that i like animation and superheroes and they do it really well for better, better than your boys and uh, i don't know it's still the cute factor sam is trying to deny it's still that the dc could could not do as well as this watchmen was better than this but that's not the conversation <laughs> we're having but right not the conversation we're having today you're not going to rob the attention from this beautiful couple because we are here to talk about mr and mrs incredible let's waste no time Get straight into it. Let's go. First movie was written and directed by Brad Bird. I hope he 
did it for both movies actually the first film was released in 2004 like i said and the sequel in 2018 that that's a 14 year difference between them the f- difference between who i am now and who i was 14 years it's ago it's an entire lifetime it's an entire lifetime and in that time they managed to keep us entertained i can't believe i saw both I saw both after the age of five <laughs> Brad, Brad, yeah. well, his name is Brad, but Bird is known for his work in movies like Ratatouille, The Iron Giant, Tomorrowland, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and many others. I just feel like he has quite a spread out resume. Like, it's mainly in animation for most of them, but like, it's kind of like he does stuff. It's just very, say it, Zama, he's PG-13. He's very PG-13, but he's good at it. Yeah, his movies are like what I would say are cinematic classics. Cinematic classics, Dick. Iron Giant, fantastic. I didn't, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but it's amazing. I also feel like the, especially with the movies that I mentioned in his resume, you can feel pieces of each of them in The Incredibles, like as a as a franchise, like. There's obviously like the adventure of animation. There's kind of like spy action, I would say. There's this there's this kind of the heart obviously the heartfelt sentiments at its core of most Pixar movies, at the core of most Pixar movies. It just has all of that. So And the way he uses humor as well is it's quite great. And it's, it's present not, it's not trying to just make you laugh you know it's silly things that are, it's it's a fu- it's a very funny both of them are very funny but like it's silly things that are funny like they're not really trying to make jokes yeah i want to send a special shout out to the people in charge of the animation specifically in the second one it was great in the, the 2000 image quality the image quality was amazing. impeccable not to not yeah. to say that yeah not to say the first one was bad it was good it was good for 2004 it, it might was great be, for 2004 it was great for 2004 but the 2018 one it's just it's crisp it's the details are amazing i think you can like see the texture of their clothing yes yeah yep 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 they i remember back back when it had like recently come out they were they would post like screenshots of there's a scene where Bob is holding Jack Jack and you can literally see the like fibers on his golf shirt and I was like right. holy shit it's too much it's they did way too much but it's but it's pix- worth it. it's pixel money and also it was worth it yeah um so that's like what 178 people in that department shout out to y'all I mean, if you're gonna take 14 years to, to make a movie at least make it look sexy you know and y'all did it glorious glorious work i would be wrong to leave out the men handling the score because it's fucking fantastic the obviously leading them is mr michael i'm so sorry for how badly i'm about to say this mr michael giacchino who killed it with the score killed it uh wow when because okay sam knows this when i watch movies for this i like make a little note of the things that i want to mention later so that i don't forget what i want to say so on those notes for this episode the literal first thing i wrote in capital letters was the score because it's 
awesome. I think because I was pretty young when I watched this, this was one of those movies that made me kind of think a score matters. Like, it's not that I had denied it before. It's not like I didn't think that it was important. It's just that the way that the score works for this movie and the action and there's layers to it. I like the way they used the, the old song because they used the old song from the first movie, but it didn't sound like it was just another remake of The Incredibles. It, they made it come alive in a very alive. in a very magical way. And like... That's what you get when you pay $200 million for a movie. True. And, but like, it's not shocking because Giacchino is, he's a man of great work. He has done the scores for films like Jurassic World, Super 8, and like multiple Pixar movies. I think he did a spy, the Spider-Man Homecoming movie as well. Like he is good and busy. People believe in his work. But I want, like, I want us to appreciate him because he is good at his job. Like the thing that makes this for the for movies, the thing that makes the score so impeccable to me is how, if you didn't know, now you know, the movie is set in the 60s. For a very long time, I didn't know that. I knew it was old, but like I had to Google it. It's 1962. So that's a time period that we are in. Just keep that in mind. It The score has this action movie superhero kind of music that we're used to and then they mix it in with kind of like the detective spy thriller film movies noir. from all yeah and it kind all of it mixed together still fits it within the 60s and that's just crazy like that's so that's so impressive like it's so beautiful to listen to it matches with the action and it's structurally just impeccable one time in high school, the UKZN wind band, like the official UKZN wind band, they were performing at my school and I had to be there because I was a part of like the production. So I got to listen and watch. And guess what the theme was? Incredibles? No. Well, that would be cool too. But it was like basically like movie music. So mm-hmm. they were playing like they were playing all the grand theme songs, the Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings, Fro- they, fro- they, they played Frozen music. And... That sounds really cool. Yeah. They graced us with the Incredibles end credit song, the like with the theme song. If you think it's beautiful when you're just watching the movie, hearing it live is just like Can you imagine how you know thrilling that must feel? If I could pocket a feeling and just like give it to people, it was that day. That was a great day, Sam. Onto the cast, we have Miss Holly Hunter as the fantastic and flexible Elastigirl slash Helen Parr. Miss Hunter is known for films like The Piano, 13, The Big Sick. She was even, she was the, I think, congresswoman in the Batman vs. Superman movie. She gets killed very quickly, but that's not important. But like, yeah, she's been working. She has like a hundred other credits for other films. She's and a book- TV. Yeah. Whoa, so much of TV. She's a booked and busy woman. That's important. But for this, I really like her speaking voice. Like, did you have the... Okay, t- put aside this weird thing that young boys had with you were very attracted to Elastigirl. Isn't her voice interesting? 
interesting is like not the right word Sam, i'd rather say sexy but yes no let's go with interesting <laughs> no we'll go with interesting it's so oedipusy the way you guys are attracted to i'm sorry but that's the girl was hot okay is bye. is very hot i will not deny that she is hot it's just the way you guys talk i'm sorry did you watch the second movie i don't think you did oh my gosh anyway away from her being a stallion away from her being a stallion <laughs> yeah i think i like i think her speaking voice is really cool um so i liked her for this role we also have craig t nelson as the indestructible mr incredible slash bob Parr. he's pretty indestructible he takes a lot of hits in both films and he's still okay uh, we know him from movies like The Proposal, Poltergeist, Blades of Glory, and hundreds of others. I had only like known him from comedy movies, like I really love Blades of Glory. So I'd always known him as kind of like this hilarious, funny guy. And I also like his speaking voice because I don't know how to explain this better than how I'm about to explain it now. He sounds like the way you'd expect bob to parent yeah like he has a very like like, yeah like a 60s dad Mm. but also like you can hear in his like voice that he's just like a "Mm." i don't know i don't know (laughs) it just it made sense as i loved i loved both of them because voice alone it felt very fitting for both of them and they had they had great chemistry for people that weren't recording together which is very rare not rare but it's very like appreciated in animated movies where you can kind of feel like okay these people it sounds like they're actually Mm. you know in in the the characters in the animated characters when it's just voices that's great honorable mentions both of these movies have lots of noteworthy people but my favorites across both films are Samuel Jackson and Mr. Brad Bird himself. I wish, Jack- he, I wish Samuel L. Jackson got to swear. Listen to me. If there is... Okay, so, okay. Jackson plays uh, Frozone, ooh, Lucius Best. Uh, Bob's Negro. Bob's Magical Negro and also Bob's best friend. He's not, he's not completely a magical Negro. Like, he helps. But there are also times where I feel like he'll, like, help just as much as a friend would does that make sense Mm -hmm. there is an element of racism but i'll talk about that during the likes of the dislikes wait (laughs) so yeah my uh samuel jackson he plays frozone which is best who you all know from the now very iconic where's my super suit scene on imdb when i was looking and researching for this there's this fact that the casting director they wanted jackson because they wanted lucius to kind of have the coolest voice like he wanted him to be a cool guy it was a shaft was a superhero <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> and honestly they did nail it because he sounds super cool he really does i mean it's samuel L. jackson even his stress doesn't even sound like his dress it's just a cool guy a cool cat he really kills it and yeah no if he could swear if this wasn't disney guys yeah I feel like Frozen would say motherfucker like once, maybe <laughs> under his breath, maybe like when the when the robot when he noticed when he realized that the robot was controlled by the the remote. That's the point where he could have just been like motherfucker. Mother 
Anytime. But uh, Pixar doesn't want to lose money. Boring. Also, if Frozen got to swear, then the entire movie would just be different. Him. Yeah. Then he'd be the coolest thing in the movie. Granted, the ways my super suit scene did kind of overshadow yeah, the iconic. Mm. Then we have Mr. Brad Bird, like I said, who lends his voice to the character of Edna Mode. Okay, wait, quick tangent. Growing up, I really, really loved Edna. I still do. Like, Edna was one of the, hands down, one of the standout characters of this franchise. In the first one, like, great. But... She's only there for like five minutes, but she's so memorable. So memorable. But I even, I checked this when I was rewatching it. For a very long time growing up, I didn't know about Edna's gender identity because on my like on my like personal viewing, I was like, I don't know. I I would think and then I'd be like, nah, and then I think other side I'm like nah. And then I was just like, you know what, I don't know. And then while I was rewatching it, I realized that no one ever refers to Edna by like gender pronouns. Like no one ever says anything kind of like gender revealing, like no one no one brings it up. And then I was like, okay, so maybe I was right. And Edna is gender non-conforming, which was fine with me as a child. It's it's amazing for me right now because that would be like cool representation. But then in this, and then in the second movie, while while Edna is talking about babysitting Jack Jack, Edna calls herself Auntie Edna, and then I was like, mm, I mean, that's kind of confirming, but also like, what's the harm in? You wanted to be gay so bad. Not gay, Sam. <laughs> just like. But it is very interesting that you know she has that in her character. I also didn't notice it until you you, you brought it up to my attention. I just didn't know. I just like I was just like yeah, Edna mode. But it's... I'm sure. Every, I'm, but I think it's just something that's at the back of everyone's mind. Mm. That well, what's what's up with Edna? I say. If... I think that's what also makes her cool. Mm. Uh, that you know she's just. She just has this thing about it's a it's a very androgynous kind mm. of like look and like aesthetic mm. as well so it's not like it's not like i was making it up it's not like yeah it's fine i'm i mean if pixar were more bold maybe you but know. they're not boring so yeah i just i just really 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 loved edna the no capes <laughs> can i have an honorable mention mm. which is jack jack <laughs> He's probably the greatest superhero there, but you know, they're not gonna. Exp- I hope they they're explore not... that in like a third movie or something. <sighs> the thing is, there's so much that could be done with the third movie, but also I don't want it. It's back, it's back to that thing of what if it sucks? Because think about it, it could. most franchises' Achilles' heel is, is the third thing? movie. True. True. Fun fact Jack Jack was voiced by twin babies. Well, not twin babies, but like. They were babies and they happened to be twins. So I guess when one was sleeping, the other one yeah. would take up the job. That's that makes it even more super. And double fun fact, they didn't record new audio for Jack Jack for this movie. So they took all the audio that it used to recycle stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The babies weren't babies anymore, so it's been fourteen years. <laughs> <laughs> they oh my god, they're children. <laughs> yeah. They could have just they could have I I think it, now I'm thinking about it. This sounds like just another way to save money, like mm. starting the story from where they left it off. 
But it worked. Too many years ago. But it worked. In the second movie, we have Catherine Keener, who plays Evelyn. That, you know, that woman. That woman. Sam, I wanted to talk about this because... um, Actually, no, I'm going to talk to the lovers for a moment because Sam won't understand. Let's, Let's discuss this, lovers. I don't know about straight people. And I don't know how they feel about Evelyn. But we can all agree she's definitely not straight. She's she can't be. <laughs> she can't be. And I know I know that the internet doesn't like us pushing sexuality onto characters <laughs> or whatever. But hear me out. The amount of queer energy that she just like gave off. It was it was tangible. Like I can't put it into words, Sam. Like I really can't explain why. But I remember when this movie came out, that was like the number one thing I would see. Everyone was like, Evelyn is gay, Evelyn is gay, Evelyn is gay. And people would like provide pictures of her and they would like, the chemistry between her and Elastic Girl, people were like, oh, oh. We can't, we can't explain it. You just, you just have to take my word for it. Not until, so you're, so you're saying that. She was it's not trying, me, it's me and Tumblr, dog. She was trying to screw with this incredible. She wasn't trying to screw with this incredible, uh, she, but like it was quite the. Technically, it was, it was quite was a. What do you to... call it? Um, What do you call it? It's a a honeypot. It was quite yeah. a honeypot maneuver. Yes, true. But, that, but then again, there's also this thing that someone, I remember I saw on Twitter, someone said cartoons do this thing where their, their antagonists or their villains and their stories, they kind of give them queer attributes. And in that way, you kind of make children associate queerness with being bad, like him in Powerpuff Girls. I can't remember the example that we're using. But I was thinking about that, and I was like, wow, actually, they do do that. It feels like they do do that. But the irony of them doing that is, I'm attracted to these villains now. You just make them super cool. You just make them super hot, some of them. (laughs) So whatever you're doing, it backfires. It's not working. The plot, if you have never seen either of these movies, I cannot recommend them more than I am right now. You have to stop what you're doing. You have to find them. They are incredible. Like, no pun intended. They are incredible. They are great for young children. If you have, like, young people around you, they're great for you, a grown-up person, hopefully, that is listening to this part. They're definitely great for adults, especially the kind of questions they ask especially the first one the, the things they talk the, about are still quite relevant the things there are parts of of the first one especially there are parts of there are problems that they deal with that happen in like uh captain america civil war mm-hmm. things that end up happening in dc as well like it's not just because it's like marketed yes. to like babies i guess there's so much they talk about um Things that don't revolve around, like, it, it feels like lately they, people can't separate superheroes and military propaganda. It didn't feel like there was military propaganda in this. Mm, I think it, 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 although they were being, them being superheroes, they made them very human. Mm. As human, as very, very human, especially in their character flaws and in the way they interact with each other and other people. It's just quite, it's quite interesting to watch with. An open mind. And also interesting to watch with children who will just enjoy it. Like, literally, it's just a good time for them. Anyway, if you have watched them, 
but you cannot recall what happens. Here is a summary if we haven't already summarized it. <coughs> this way I do the voice. Don't look at me. In a world where superheroes are forced into hiding, one hero struggles to let go of the life and do right by his family. He accepts an opportunity to get back into the saving game with grave consequences. Dun, dun, dun. So that's the first movie. <laughs> Shut up, don't look at me. For this episode, I wanted to talk about both movies because, like I said, they happen during like the same time period. Like They follow each other very like closely in terms of time. I think it's only a, it's three months that separates the first one and the sequel. And also, I just feel like both movies help me explain what I want to explain about Helen and Bob. So here's the summary for the sequel. If you have not watched the first one, the sequel is kind of telling. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, just stop. <laughs> Again, Sam, please do. In the, <laughs> In the sequel. We are reunited with our superhero family, exploring life outside of being illegal. An unexpected hero becomes the face of their campaign and brings new challenges for the family along with a new dangerous threat. And that's all I will tell you. From here on out, the spoilers are going to start rolling in. We're not going to hold back. I'm so sorry. I can't talk about them without spoiling two movies at the same time. It's too much work. I'm so sorry. Granted, one of these movies has been out for 14 years. Literally 20 years. Oh my god, we're in 2021. Guys, come on. You have to go see go it. Go watch The Damn Incredibles. <laughs> Just do Just it. Just watch it. Just do it. We're not sponsored by Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really happy to be looking at the Parr family because I kind of have to speak about them as a family unit within talking about their marriage. The way that this movie takes the family metaphor, that whole like family stick together thing, and they use it to kind of take a critical look and also like a personal look at heroes. And they, they round it down to like the struggles of balancing work and family. And I think that's really impressive how they handle it. That was actually one of the inspirations for Brad Bird when he was making this is that whole work life balance thing. That people would struggle with it's not shocking though like i mean pixar is known for these kind of movies that that with, with very deep and yes mm. but it's it still impresses me every time the way they've been able to rework it and give it to us in different for different genres for different stories has been it's really really impressive every i think people would overlook this at first I don't know you people, but some people would overlook it at first because it's Popeyes and I get it. They're never serious or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But we are a podcast that takes everything seriously. So I brought this, I brought this couple forward because there's a lot about this marriage that's missing in a big, in a way, in big blockbusters when they're dealing with heroes and like they're or people in general. Pe- people in general. I don't want. To, I didn't want to stretch it to people in general because now you're now you're trying to tell people that they can't write a better couple than Mister Incredible and Elastigirl, and that's when people start to add you. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> and also if you take away 
like the hero stuff the fighting crime or whatever you like you said the issues that the pars are having they're quite normal in modern marriages they're very familiar to us and so like why not learn from well not learn but like why not look at that that There's that's definitely, really interesting i definitely would say there's something to learn oh, like man. one of the fights men gotta learn a lot from bob oh <laughs> learn from his mistakes one of, i think one of the highlights for me i don't know if it's too soon to talk about it but it is the one of the first fights the first oh, i think it's the yeah. first fight. yeah no it's Susan took over because okay. i'm gonna talk about it okay okay let's not spoil anything let's get into the incredible helen and bob parr i understand that when children go to watch a superhero movie maybe in cinemas maybe they bought the dvd because it was 2004 the last thing they probably want to focus on is two people trying to make their marriage work like i know I'm, I'm sure your kids don't care about that i'm not sure why you specifically the lovers watch these movies but i think it's fair to say that kids didn't care and that is why i think the plots of these movies are directly linked to the power marriage like the way it's written and the way it's laid out you think that the major story here, the major story here is about these heroes and trying to like be legal again or come out of hiding which it's important but the major overlapping issue for these two specific people for these two specific people is that bob is unhappy with their lives he's not unhappy with helen or he's not unhappy with like his family he loves them very much very deeply he proves it multiple times across the franchise he loves them he's and especially in the first one i'd say he's more unfulfilled yes but like it's 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 it, making him unhappy yeah it feels almost like some kind of midlife crisis especially in the first movie mm, midlife crisis and also kind of like you're not you're not fulfilling your purpose mm-hmm. because in his mind he believes that if you're a hero you have to hero like what's the point of this if you're not helping people but also he does have that thing of i think even if he wasn't like as strong as he is he has this thing in his character where he just wants to help people like he'll stop to save a fucking cat out of a tree <laughs> he'll like interrupt his boss yelling at him because he sees someone getting mad like he always like jumps to save people and so i, I can see how being unfulfilled in that being suppressed of that that passion that drive it makes him very unhappy but now the problem be- the problem in this marriage be- becomes the fact that his unhappiness that the- this unhappiness that he's feeling because of this is affecting their relationship greatly and also kind of him as a parent that we have to focus on their relationship i feel like the unhappiness, the unfulfillment, it's the source of, on the source, the root of a lot of arguments that they have in like that first, was it after he went bowling in quotation marks? The, yeah, that was the first fight after the, he came back from bowling mm. and, and she, and she was waiting for him and I was like, dude, Just, you can't, you can't be doing this stuff. Like, I understand you, you, like, you want to help, but, like, you're putting our family in. At risk, like, the, the family was moved around a lot. Like, 
the reason why they moved around a lot is every time Bob would mess up or like someone would catch him or anything, they'd have to like some witness protection. But this is worse because this person is really not trying to stay protected or like stay hidden. What I I think I liked seeing uh, that argument and especially why it made an impression was because you could see as much as their views were differing it and maybe it might have had a strain in their marriage it didn't change how they felt about each other exactly like it wasn't a reason for 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 mr incredible like a to, fallout yeah to like leave and like you know he did he did what because, he wanted to do anyway but mm, he, he tried to make sure that's that's to, like he's balancing everything else i was gonna say like all the mistakes he made like all the the mistakes that cause arguments or cause trouble or conflict they're all because of this pursuit he has of happiness like he doesn't feel like he he'll be happy until he's fulfilling his purpose which is saving people which you can understand why they don't like they still care for each other very much it's just even in the that i think that's why it clings to rea- it clings to reality in that people if you're unhappy down and stuff but it doesn't mean that you love people less you're just like very unhappy in this situation that's true and I, I think what the point i understood where um elastica was coming from because she i'm pretty sure she also wanted to get back in you know into being a hero but she was like dude this is our yeah life. this is our life now she and also has she also has that helping people passion but i think Maybe it's maybe it's the risk. Maybe like it was the whole we have a family now. We can't afford to like be banned by the government. She was willing to to ignore this purpose to like suppress this purpose of hers if it meant that her family would like have a normal life and be in one place, which is a thing which that him, wives do. I that suppose, but he was also but, but he was also right to say that there's no way they could be normal. It's not possible. It's a, it, there, there was a problem with her sub, trying to like suppress them completely and kind of like just be normal and there's also the problem with him just like pursuing this purpose this, and having, i can't live like this and reveling, this. living like a teenager which is funny thing. because in normal movies if this was like a normal marriage movie <laughs> this would be the point like this conflict this would be the point where a husband like chooses to have an affair but pixar isn't or that justifies it yeah Pixar isn't that dark yet. <laughs> they haven't crossed that line yet. So they instead, were close. they came really, they came really close. close. They they made a joke about it, but instead of chasing anything, Bob starts to like secretly like try and get like the hero thing going again with the thing with the opportunity he gets that later bites him in the ass. But anyway, when he starts to secretly get back into the game, yeah. You can feel the difference in who he is as a person, and then it like becomes the difference in who he is as a husband. Like this, they they have this long sequence, this long like montage mm-hmm. of him just like getting his life together, his act together, and like one of his one of one of his first things is that he still stays. And like he still stays very much in love with him, and like he's he he even gets more affectionate with her actually. Um, he helps out with the like domestic stuff a bit more. I think that's also lending to the fact that 
his job was more flexible so he had more time that's an argument for like something different but yeah he was helping out with domestic things as well yeah it was domestic things he was, he was literally reading the paper he lifts one table and he's helping came with kids once <laughs> yeah like he's just he's really trying to he, he, does, he was he dressing he up does, yeah he does he, he was, started looking cool he was putting on them freaking suits and i was like oh like, look out <laughs> but like i like i like that he he you can see now that with the unhappiness of suppressing the purpose and like ignoring his purpose you can see that okay this is actually the only thing that is missing in his life like you don't have to like worry that oh no what if it's helen like this is this was all that he was missing and all of that from just like the t- a taste of his old life and the course and it changed the course of their marriage even on onto the next one and i think that's good i think that it's good that they showed the growth the growth yes the bad the, the i think the clash in values is very different in the second one because it's not so much about uh living a normal life versus you know not to your true power it was it was more of um is this really the right thing to do you know what i mean and that was that was very interesting for them to ex- to explore that after the first one i like and helping each other helping yeah each helping other uh, uh, being team partners mm-hmm. team More. partners team, team teammates <laughs> teammates <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no sidekick there's no sidekick relationship yeah you there. guys have to it's work like together like just the avengers <laughs> but but you're smashing your teammates Ew. <laughs> well young justice was uh, yeah um for Okay, so fine. Bob has happiness is linked to Hiradim. Helen, I wouldn't say her happiness is linked to I would, I would being say a it's hero. definitely linked to being a hero. It's just that she's a lot more careful because she's a, a mother. I don't think it's like her happiness. I don't think it was because the person that she was. Maybe not linked, but I do think she longs for it and she enjoys it. She, she does it. enjoy Definitely, there's the enjoyment. There's definitely the desire yes. to help people. It's just that the way that getting back into the game changed Bob, it didn't change her like that. Because I feel with her, especially in the first one, she kind of seemed not satisfied, but she was willing to live like this and also not be her because of her family and whatnot. Yeah. She wasn't like jumping to be in the field, even in the second one, when the possibility of being back in the field arrives, she she's happy to go with her husband at the thing but she was kind of like i'm here mm. and i think that also it's not just her i think it also plays into this fact that even in the movie they do it as well the public the general public do it when mr incredible was like in his glory days and doing his thing there was an admiration for him that i didn't see with helen like people were celebrating him a little bit maybe maybe it's because of how this was edited maybe it was because of how it was written but maybe it's the 60s but for most of it it was even when she was here she was a bit on the sideline sidelines because i guess strength seemed like a cooler power than flexibility i am not saying 
that Helen has a problem with this. She never really complains it about it herself. All, it, it doesn't even come up. It's a me noticing this thing that that was happening around her. I'm saying that it's easier to not care about being a hero when when you were a hero in your glory days, you weren't really that worshipped for it. The way that Bob feels like he was that kind of worshipped for it. And also like the happiness of saving people, whatever. Yeah. I suppose our relationship with being super is more of I'm just I I have these powers and I'm super good at what I do, so I'll I, I can do this. And I'm good at it, so you know. She was why not? really good at it. Like She's, Helen was awesome. She was amazing. When when I guess they divide the roles after the whole illegal illegality thing, when they divide the roles, Helen ends up with mostly the domestic, the parenting thing. It, again, it's the sixties. Kind of get it, whatever. <laughs> and it's Disney. And it's and it's Disney, yeah. They both obviously love their children because they're their parents. But Helen I don't know if this was a personal choice of the 60s. Helen kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting. And I say heavy lifting because I love the part children, but they were kind of annoying. There's a scene where they're fighting at the dinner table and she can't like break them up. And I'm just like, oh my God, can you, can you all stop? Like, I can't imagine having a very like energetic fast childlike dash and then also having a very emotional and like ready to like punch a boy and Violet's very powerful actually. she's very powerful they haven't talked about it much but she's very powerful as well like Jack Jack's she was struggling before he even had powers and now he's a polymorph and I just it's so much stress so with that I felt like the problems one of the problems but Helen's part in parenting it was equally as important to like Bob's part of doing what he was doing because Bob couldn't do it. That's when I saw like, oh, okay, this, this is tough. Like Helen wasn't having an easy ride either. I can, I, his, his job was depressing. His boss was horrible, but and Helen's actually, I life. I think it was also a lot tougher for Helen because she also had to deal with um, trying to make the children understand that hey we're moving again we actually you know can't be super in front of everyone yeah and, you can't do this she has to be the bad she has to be the bad guy to tell dad she can't run yeah. but because but her dad will be like why can't you run and i'm like uh <laughs> she was also not having a great time yeah 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 she never lets that affect their lives like you said she's a super mom she's always there she she never kind of made bob feel a certain way granted they didn't fight that much about like their personal relationship but like she never she never let it get that far so because she's out of the loop when she starts to see the signs of an affair and she believes that it's an affair and you're kind of like oh girl it's not an affair but you you don't know that was kind of sad like it was sad to see them like kind of kind of make her think that way but it did take the story because you can't really relate to what bob was actually doing to real life so by doing that i feel like they anchored the story back to like real marital issues once again so now we're back to thinking about their marriage but after okay action happens action happens people are saved they work through 
the miscommunication of the affair very quickly, which is grand because then they get to the real stuff. Just oh, just before we move on, can mm-hmm. I can I just say she definitely deserves to get credit for saving Bob after flying three kids. <laughs> Was it two? No, two. two. They two left Jack Jack yeah, with they left the Jack Jack with the babysitter. Shame. Yeah, for that child. <laughs> with two kids, and she flew that plane, crashed. Nearly, nearly died because of rockets I was sent to kill her. Got to the beach, saved Bob, her husband. Found him with another woman before she did that though. <laughs> that was that was funny. That was a funny two seconds. Cause like the woman, the woman that worked for the evil man, her name is Mirage. R.I.P. to the voice actress that played her. Um, when 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 she, when Helen walks in. Bob is hugging the woman because he she just freed him, which is a valid reason to hug someone. And then she like punches her, and I was like, "Oh no, Helen!" So what it looks like, I wanted to like jump in, like Helen, no, it's not what it looks like. But she definitely she did jump. all of that, and she still saved him, and she was and like, they still went to the city afterwards while she was holding a truck up with her body. Guys, Elastigirl is amazing. Like, not just because of her labor, but you like also, can, do you see what she can do? You tell me, you're telling me I can't simp over that. Mm, but you can't simp because <laughs> it's a cartoon. <laughs> simp! My goodness. Creep it, But, uh, uh, I like how, and after, after, I, I'm, I'm sad that it had to get to that point of him thinking that his family was actually dead. Like, fuck <laughs> syndrome for that. Um, you, that, that scene in that moment beforehand when he's like sad about it, you kind of really see like, no man, this man loves his family, like deeply loves his family. Um, there's a quote, there's a thing he says where he goes, um, and he's like, what more can you do to me? Like, how much more can you beg me to do? Like, you took my family away. I have nothing. Kind of reinforcing that thing that he is nothing without his family. It's sad that it took an explosion to kind of like be the wake up call. And I'm glad that his family was alive, but it was that 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 thing that, oh, Reset. he cannot he cannot function. He cannot be without yeah. them. And it comes up again when they get to the city and now they're fighting the big robot, and they don't understand why he won't let them fight. And he's just like, no man. After that brief mm-hmm. moment where I thought y'all were gone. And even all this time, the reason why I wanted to do the saving, the reason why I had to do this is I just didn't want any harm to come to any of you. He wants to be a dad as much as he wants to be Mr. Incredible. Yes, and I think that's great. Like, I'm, I'm glad that that he... That we that, to see that side. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, I think it's, uh, it, it's, it happens more in the second movie with the emotional vulnerability, but it's important to see superheroes that are given, like, godly powers like super strength or like they can fly or whatever like those superheroes it's very important to show that they ain't that strong because they're emotionally vulnerable it's okay to be vulnerable oh wait so it's like side note fun fact about me i can't say vulnerable i say it really fast so people can't hear it but if you make me say it slowly, actually, I don't think I'm saying it right. I think I'm winging it every single... It's like people with Worcestershire sauce. I'm winging it every single time that I, I see the word. I, just, I don't think anybody notices until you point it out to us. Though. No, that's a, that's what I like. It, it proves that my thing of saying it really fast. It works. Yeah. I just I just want to be open with you guys, you know? like. Sad. This is the transparency your audience loves you for. <laughs> a major component 
to making romantic relationships work whether it's marriage or like dating or like all that stuff a major component to that is expressing yourself honestly and being emotionally vulnerable with your partner Helen doesn't know how much she means to him or at least in words she didn't know how much she meant until moments like that happened and it's kind of it reinforces like okay this person loves me and it's important to have your partner know at all times these kinds of things like it's important to keep just like showing it saying it all those things and i'm really glad that when the movie ends we're given an ending that kind of suggests that after all of this after all of this chaos like things change for the better because now they're no longer hiding they're not long they like both literally and like figuratively because they become like legal agents mm. less illegal agents they become mercenaries and also in terms of like marriage sense like they become more open more no more hiding behind da, 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 da. it's really the, yeah, great the lines behind uh, the lines around being a hero and a parent become ever more clear and they're just able to do it do it better so i love especially i liked how we got to see i mean i didn't I actually didn't like it but it was nice to see him like struggling with with taking care of his children while while, while Helen was while, busy, yeah, while Helen was was out there crushing busy. it, crushing it. That's what what I was going to say is that what I like is it ends like that, right? The first one, and then you think, oh no, things like normally when movies end, they end in such a way that they're made to be make you believe that things change for the better because like no one wants to end the story where like it's maybe like slap in the middle or you kind of feel like no, this person's just gonna do this all over again. And then we get the second one and it starts and you kind of see like there's been growth definitely caught tonight growth has happened but not as much as you would expect or you there's now new growth that has to happen they don't feel like entirely new characters mm. and no yeah they don't they're not new but they're the same characters we know and love but maybe the things that they had tried to get over they're not fully over them yet or now they have new challenges that are kind of similar it, it doesn't feel like they're just bringing back people from a previous movie with it like just another which story. is what they do in sequels i feel like in sequels um people they they just want to see something completely different or something they don't want to see things from the first movie being brought back up but i like that here because realistically if not if the movie picks up three months after what happens at the end of the first one realistically speaking three months <sighs> it's not enough time for any major growth <laughs> like there's not enough time like a full three uh, i almost said a full 360 and then i was like ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm gay i can't do maths <laughs> but it's nice i like i like that they're they're having issues once again but they've kind of morphed into different if into different things but they're still linked to what happened in the first because now here bob's desire to be out and open it's it's there again it's leading the way but it's taking them a different a different route because now that they're working with they, be, they start working with dev tech and the problem becomes where we, he wants to be out and in the open but they want helen this time 
and now that's a new thing for him to deal with it was him not having the spotlight mm, the, the incredible their new marital issue kind of becomes who am i if i'm not mr incredible. mr incredible and it also becomes kind of a role reversal where now bob has to be the one that's like the the primary parent and helen has to be the one that's like the star and it's tough it's tough for bob more than it was tough for helen like helen helen was shy she was like what to me a hero i sort and of then, i sort of don't want to feel sorry for him because i mean he's doing his fucking job doing but I think I liked like and I liked that we, he could he get he gets to struggle with something like that. Yes. And us saying that it was cute to see him be a good dad and like it's good to have him like be a good dad. It's not to like applaud fathers. Like <laughs> guys, just be a dad. Just do a fucking like, job. I'll never be I'll never not be annoyed at the fact that men get away with like not being parents like I'm not even talking about people that are absent fathers that's like completely different those are horrible people I'm talking about men that are like fathers like you are deep within marriage or like a relationship you have children together and you're just not you for some reason you're not responsible for the like if your wife is unavailable for whatever reason that a person could be unavailable now you're helpless you're helpless with your own kids <laughs> like these are i'm judging you i'm sorry but i'm judging you a bit it's just it was cute with bob it was cute with bob because it's this new role it's this it's this new challenge for can mr incredible do this he and he, and he becomes a team player in a in a really Mm. in a really uh, what's it, wholesome kind of way it's it's very cute how it's he could have very easily like at any time because there are some there are some things he genuinely needed help with not in a like oh what a useless husband kind of way like there's some things he just didn't know but he believes like how to look after a kid with five different superpowers nobody knows <laughs> no one knew about jack jack <laughs> with with bob he he emphasizes that the reason why he has to do so or the reason why he has to do a good job with this is because he doesn't want anything to distract Helen from this new role that she's taking over. Like, there were hints of jealousy in the beginning, but once he picks up, once he starts doing, like, the parent thing, he's, like, yeah, like you say, he's a team player. Like, he's, like, he even, there's a part where he says that if I succeed, then she'll succeed and will succeed. And it's kind of... It's it's kind of a very realistic thing where you don't want to let the front down. You want to be it's holding back for food at home. <laughs> yeah, you wanna you wanna hold it down for your girl because she because you letting Elastic Girl was getting her shine. I'm really um, glad that the writers gave her this whole movie to like be Elastic Girl because Elastic Girl is Elastic Girl man. Elastic Girl so is. many powers. If if you think she's whack or like you don't agree, you're lying. You have to be a liar. She's so cool. There's so many things that she can do. There's so many sequences in both movies that prove how fucking cool she is. So many things she could do. Okay, Sam. What? <laughs> Sam made this weird. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Helen deserved that job. Like, she deserved to be that face, she deserved that attention, and she deserved that chance to kind of prove herself. And honestly, they did, I think they were right. I agree with them. It, Mr. Incredible would have, I mean, he would he would have, not that he wouldn't have been able to do the job, but he's quite messy. and it's quite messy. For, and to, introduce, to reintroduce 
superheroes. I think you'd want someone who's subtle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. When I was watching this again, I w- it reminded me of because I wanted to make reference to Wonder Vision because I just recently finished it. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, guys! But yeah, um, I wanted to make reference to it because that's also a superhero married and inverted commas couple (laughs) yeah i mean vision is an android so he isn't bothered by like the internal battles of mortal men like he doesn't have i'm sure he doesn't have like his his existential battles are very different yeah no he has existential demons and that's fine because we samsung is six like (laughs) he's not he's not plagued by like things like insecurity (laughs) he's not laughing (laughs) not he's not worried about like it's like he's not worried that oh my wife is powerful like he's just there her wife his wife is this powerful very strong very capable woman and she's getting shit done and he's like fine with that like because he's just there he's happy to be there happy to be by her side just very much playing the very supportive spouse role and i think yeah, yeah, that's something that. Bob and Vision have in common. Mm. And, oh, just to just to just to, to backtrack a little, why I think why I think Helen was great for being the face of superheroes coming back was because of how well she works, especially in the first movie. You see when she just tries to save Bob, she's very quiet and no noise, no noise, no no breaking things, nothing, just jaws in and out. <laughs> That that is the kind of spy you want on your side. God, back to the pause. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's a bit tough for Bob, not in the like parental sense. Like, okay, wait, the maths is the maths was definitely difficult. Um, Violet's issues with that boy. There's not much you can do, but he did mess up. He tried. That's like I'm saying that's tough already, just like on a parental mm. sense. What he had to do with the Jack Jack like situation, I'm not gonna talk about it because it's not normal. Like <laughs> no one, no father will have to ever like maybe you'll have to deal with like your child being de- yo guys when toddlers get destructive and they can like grab stuff and they can run around. Nightmare, right? Jack Jack was beyond a nightmare. I don't even know. That, how yeah. I don't know how he managed to deal with it before going to Edda, but like wow, it's still it, all of these things still count as like a challenge for him. It was kind of for the first time Bob had to deal with like domestic femi- familial problems, and it was still a challenge. I like that the story didn't make it seem like less of a challenge than what Helen was doing. What Helen was doing was pure crime fighting detective. DC work and I love that for my girl. She nearly caught that she nearly caught that bad guy if Evelyn wasn't so sly. So 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 sly. So slick. But I like it's a problem. It's a challenge. It's important to the story. That's once again anchoring their marriage to the plot. Oh one thing I did like was that um them being married, they still weren't afraid to ask for help. From their friends, which is, I think, something I'm sure you definitely need from mm. time to time when you're married to be able to just cool. leave leave your spouse alone sometimes, just like to let them have yes. the thing. 
let them do whatever they're doing alone and have their time and have people that you can rely on as well who know you can help that you both trust like edna lucius yo lucius Lucius, yeah both of them just came through every single time it's yeah like sam said very important guys please let your spouses be their own people i think another spousal thing that they talk about that i don't see a lot being spoken about obviously animation is the kind of how bob deals with the envy because there is definitely it's undeniable that he's envious maybe not of helen but there are moments where he kind of wishes oh i wish i had yes it's not like he's like i want helen out Mm. and me he's just like oh i wish i could also have been there and guys envy isn't always the evil thing that we painted to be like it's something it's you can talk about it's, it's definitely a, a teacher that tells you something about what you want if you listen to it if you if you communicate with your like significant other about it as well maybe you guys can work through it together maybe it can get better for you but it's not this horrible thing that you have to like suffer in silence because no just just do it do it for you do it for each other and i like that for bob he did it for growth like he put aside his pride put aside all these feelings he held the fort down helen was doing her thing and because both of these people are kind of fulfilled and they're happy it comes back to them to this family and being the incredibles and i think that's why i love the pause so much they're a great family Mm. they're a super family in, in, in and, the right kind of way. But they, they were having like normal problems, even though they're like a super family. Things that you can like talk right. about as solve all that stuff. It makes them wonderful. It makes them grand. It, it takes that whole we are a family shtick that they're always pushing down our throats. <laughs> and it makes it bearable. They, they sell it as them doing it only when they're like a team like cult like fight because like that's how you yeah. get kids to watch the movie <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah like out, outside of being heroes in a domestic sense in a f- family sense they stick together and even when they're apart even when they're not in the same house in the same place because they're like doing other stuff they're always working as a team and that is what makes this family great it's what makes this whole marriage great back to that thing we were saying that they are a team with teammates that are both present and working towards the same thing that is why i love them they are a lovable family likes and dislikes time believe it or not i do have dislikes even though i've gone on and on and on about how it's amazing no listen no project is perfect but this was really really close what did you what did you not like about it then we'll get to it then (laughs) first we start with likes i really love the animation same it's just pixar is known for like their stellar like 
animated movies visually they're usually very like spectacular and like yeah aside from the stories that like, can make adults cry they're just beautiful films we know this we're used to it even at a time when the technology was limiting they were giving us scenes they were giving us montages they were giving us it was just so beautiful for 2004 animation um i read somewhere that they consulted actual like designers like because there's no they were at the time there was no like technology in their graph in their animating technology they didn't have anything that could like transfer material very well and one of the key things for this for both of these movies was like the superheroes costumes mm -hmm. so they consulted like actual designers on how to like properly animate the movements of the costume to make it look more crisp more vivid like that's how that's deep that's good yeah like that's how committed they were even the 2004 one that's how deep they already were in this and then in the 2018 one like we said the picture like you can see people's shirts you can it's borderline perfect their action sequences definitely took a step up but they also kind of are still as good as the old ones it's just it, it makes you it makes you glad that they waited this long because yeah. imagine if they had done one like maybe three years later it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have it wouldn't have stopped the same honestly Probably wouldn't have aged well because even the first one is still timeless mm. i already spoke about this in the beginning but i love the score we really do i just need you to understand why when you listen to superhero movie music like let's take your old mcu avengers j it's different but there's and there's a superhero sound like there's a there's a way you can like play violins and set up this to make it sound like oh you're talking about a hero now it's very big yeah music does a lot to frame the story around superheroes a lot i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's like a proper word and like people that do music will tell me and stuff but i i would like to just call it action music because that's what it is it's a technical term yeah it was appropriate for the time that it was said in the cast this is very impressive like if you really wanted to you could take this music and put it in like a like a bond film like a avenger film and it wouldn't feel too out of place in either of them no he doesn't deserve the because it's like it's it's okay. it's both of these things but it's also super catchy and i don't think he deserves catchy music but y'all like no the score straight up 10 out of 10 really 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 loved it it really has really good music I really liked how easy it was for them to redo bits from the first movie like bits when i say bits like normally in when people are like making sequels to stuff especially a sequel to a very successful movie there's always this temptation to kind of repeat stuff that oh, worked and formula. yes like repeat scenes or maybe repeat like callback things that happened before sometimes it works Sometimes it really annoys me because like some of those things were only funny that first time and that first time only and now it's just like it feels like lazy writing on your part. Also, if you didn't watch the first one, then yeah, it's like, like it's you a spend, blend yeah. 
But this movie, they did that. They did call back, like they did redo bits. But it didn't annoy me at all. Like, for example, in the first movie, when Helen goes to Edna's house and they're displaying the the costumes for all the children and Helen as well, they kind of use that sequence where they're going down the ramp and all that stuff. That was cool. And then the second movie, they re they literally just reused that bit. Copy-paste. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if they used like similar footage even. They redo that bit, but this time it's demonstrating Jack Jack's new suit. And I think by putting Jack Jack in the demonstration and added a different element to it, they it they redid something, they reworked it and made it work, which they did a lot throughout the second movie. I think it was so, also one thing they did. It's sort of a stretch, but they did re yeah. bring it back. <laughs> no pun intended. But it it when um, Elastigirl was on the train, mm. that was sort of a, a callback to the time when she was saving. Oh, Bob and mm-hmm. the thing, mm-hmm. the the flattening part. Like yeah. so, now you know that she can do that. There's you see, they there's a lot of callbacks to stuff that happened before but it doesn't irritate us it's very subtle enjoyable as well Hmm. okay this i know i usually do three this is my fourth one bear with me i really liked the writing both of these movies are two hours long which is already pretty long for an animated movie but that's like the superhero movie length that we used to but we don't really like that much anymore so for it yeah mm. for a two-hour movie animated movie the pacing is really great like when i was watching them for this i didn't ever feel like tired like i didn't ever feel like yo when is this ending now like they paced it really well there's lots of amazing quotes and moments in here that are good and also just really 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 funny like even doesn't matter what your humor is these are funny jokes my top three we're dead we survived but we're dead is she having adolescence? These are both from Dash. Both of these, the top two are both from Dash. And then from my queen, Edna, no capes. <laughs> those are my top three. Obviously, I I also count, like I mentally count the whole super suit scene. There was a time in high school when I could recite it word for word, bar for bar. Like that's how much I loved it. Oh, can I have a, I have a memorable quote as well. I think it's... It's actually an entire scene, mm. but where it's when uh, Helen is telling Dash that that um, everyone is special, and Dash like, is like, "That's, that's just another way to say, say no that. one is." <laughs> oh, so dark. Dash Dash has so many quotables for a young child. I really like that for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, which which bring me okay to my actual final final like. I really like the park kids like. Yes, this is about their parents, this is about their marriage and, and, and all the things that they're dealing about, whatever. But f- from the first movie, and we get a lot of screen time with them in the second movie as well, I just really, really like them as characters. Like, oh, Violet and Dash, they both remind me of the Spy Kids, mm. kind of in terms of this thing of the way their siblingship works and how they're like fight each other and stuff but they're also like these crime fighting butt kicking kids and they're really like entertaining and it never feels like they leave out jack jack as well there's also that i just 
I think they're so cute. If I don't I wanna I don't wanna say God forbid, if they were ever to entertain the idea of a third movie, I want I would want it to focus on the kids because it feels like an important thing that they can explore. But I also don't want them to make a third movie because guys, what if it's horrible? If they're having a third movie, it has to be about the kids. It has to be, but like Sam, what if it's bad? Like teenage Jack Jack. What if it's like the Tokyo Drift of the franchise? The worst, if that happens, at least we have like two other great ones. It's not the same, Sam. Look at Tokyo hey, hey, Drift. Hey, Tokyo Drift was watchable. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even say good. <laughs> Dislikes. This one is simple and I only have one because it really just does bother me. And it's shared by a lot of people on the internet. I don't like that we never see Lucius's wife. Oh, really? Wait, listen. We not don't. Really, not really that we don't. I mean, I agree. That's what you don't like, but I get it. No, like when when they announced the sequel back in thingy in twenty fourteen, I guess somewhere between twenty fourteen and twenty eighteen, they also kind of announced that for the sequel, his wife will still not be animated. She would be in the movie, but she wouldn't be animated because. We weren't asking them to make a whole new character arc. Like, she didn't have to have a story. Mm-hmm. Just one Which more was... cute look to look at. Just oh, one more. Just one more. Sounds so weird. <laughs> they, yeah. obviously, they obviously got a lot of, like, it was followed by a lot of criticism when after that announcement. And that kind of, it, it, it fueled conversations about how there's still a weird lag of black representation in, in animation like it's funny now because like two years after this movie happened pixar dropped soul and soul is doing really 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 great right now but it was just it was still back to this thing i even mentioned it in one of in the second episode we ever did with princess and the frog i'll and i'll say it again representation matters in all the forms of media that we are consuming in all the movie forms that we are having like i want us to be represented like i wanted for every marginalized group to be represented in the animation that they watch in the tv that they watch like it's 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 fair like it's, don't y'all find it weird that we're not there <laughs> like not just not even just to like animate us into stuff to be background not to animate us into stuff to be friends i want us at the forefront of these animations as well like i want us as important integral characters to the plot for the incredibles i don't really mind it because like it was about them and stuff but that thing about not showing us her name was honey by the way if no one knew i don't know her name was honey we just wanted to wanted them to show us honey like she gave you one of the most iconic scenes in animation history true quotable to this day just, and you just 30 seconds and you won't give her a face it's it's, it's a little racist this is why i say one that's like should have taken it personally definitely but like yeah i guess one can i just say one thing yes. i didn't like um in the first maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit in the second because they had a chance to fix it but i really didn't like that when they were introducing the family, they first started off. Um, I think they, if they first showed 
um, Mr. Incredible, then they showed Helen, Helen and then they showed Lucius. Dash first. They yeah, they showed Dash, Dash first. first. At school. Mm. And that was his, and then that was what was going to, they showed him with, with where his mo- struggle was, for the most yeah. part of the movie, which was with trying to fit in at school. Mm. And with Violet. With Violet, it was it revolved around the crush that she had, and I thought that was a bit. I mean, watching it the second so time that, around, it was like. Sam. But the first time, it was, I mean, it's 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 relatable. She's, she's a teenager. She's like thirteen. She's, it makes sense. It like, makes oh sense. my god, raise your hand if you're ever a thirteen-year-old girl and like one boy is just ruling your life for no reason. It's just a thing that happens to us. I I was okay with it because I was like ah, the thing that happens to us. Uh, yeah, I mean. Look, also, it was shy girl. It was shy girl representation. Cause, like, think about it. If you're a person that wants to be invisible all the time, what's a one moment <laughs> where you want to be invisible? When your crush is looking in your direction. Okay, from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. But I do hear you. Yeah. But it just—it was a little cringe just watching it the second time. I was like, ah, does the struggle have to revolve around a boy? But she's a Does, teenage Doesn't girl have to, but school. it made sense. We've reached the end of the show. I cannot believe it. If you've made it to this point of this episode, good on you. Good on you. Because I didn't think I'd make it to the end of this. You either truly love me or you truly love The Incredibles. Have some faith. Mm. Either way, thank you for being with us. Thank you for staying with us on this week's Who's Your Fave? We wanted to represent the different sides of this week's couple. So I have pulled two couples seemingly on very, very different sides of the cinematic spectrum in this corner from the Pixar hit and our beloved comfort movie. We have Ellie and Carl Frederick from the movie Up in the other corner. From the blockbuster MCU hit, we have Wanda Maximoff and Vision from WandaVision. Now, Sam is giving me looks. I know that this is a very unfair competition because we only get 10 minutes of Eddie and Carl. But honestly, that is enough evidence to compete against Wanda and Vision. But I don't want to give you my point of view. Sam will not give you his point of view. Well, actually, you will say nothing, sir. Fine, I'll say nothing. Because I want you guys to let us know who you're rooting for. You fought for whatever couple you support in our Twitter poll. I will upload it at Starring Cupid on Twitter. We also put it up on Instagram for a short period of time. Let us know how you feel about these couples. Let us know how you feel about this episode. Just let us know how you feel. Thank you again for listening. We are almost at a thousand plays. I'm sure by the time we speak again, we'll be not almost at a thousand plays. Um, I can't begin to explain how amazing that is for me, for us. We will celebrate properly in the next episode which I also cannot wait for. It is the season finale, and I've been so excited about doing this specific episode. I will not spoil. I have to spend a whole week not talking about it. Can I just say that I'm very proud that you are on, like, what, three seasons? 
of this show and back when you wanted to start it was just an idea who would have thought who would have thunk (laughs) not me (laughs) (laughs) so i i am very proud of you summer you did you're doing amazing sweetie don't ever let men steal your lingo um to you lovers have a blessed week to everybody in the lgbtqi plus community i'm sending you loves and hugs because the world isn't hugging us right now i love y'all bye